Hey, Sweating Shirt, it's Pam Meredith here to, with a little note to let you know that I record this show using the podcasting app Anchor. I've chosen to not include sponsored ads within my podcast, but Anchor has released a new feature that allows for listener support. So if you're a fan and you're interested, you can now contribute a dollar, five dollars, even ten dollars a month to help support Sweating Shirtless. I'm currently saving up for better recording equipment. You can now find the link to support wherever you're listening to this, typically in the episode description. Thank you. Now on to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Meredith Doty, and this is Sweating Shirtless. Every episode, I dive deep into unpacking the fitness world through a body-confident and inclusive lens while picking the brains of inspiring, brilliant, accomplished, honest, new, and old friends talking about their experience with sweating shirtless. Today, we're talking to everyone's biggest cheerleader, hype man, and theme king, Jared Myers. After growing up in the Midwest, Jared is taking Boston by storm with his energizing, inclusive, and freaking fun spin classes. I'm so excited for today's episode. I think you're going to love it. All right, Jared, thank you so much for joining Fighting Shirtless. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I mean, you really sparked my thought process on eventually starting this. So it made only makes sense that you're here to hear right now. Well, I can't wait for what we're about <laughs> to discuss. And congrats on getting this launched and yeah. started. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I was like, obviously, you know, I've been procrastinating it for a while. Like, <clears throat> I'm like, I'll just keep it as my little secret for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I always appreciate you. You've really pushed me into thinking like bigger with my ideas, especially with inclusivity and body confidence um, and diversity when when it comes to spin and in life in general. So um, I really appreciate that about you. Okay. Thank you for being you. Um, so how was, did you, I'm assuming you did teach this weekend, how were classes? Yeah, so I taught, let's see here, about six classes between, well, seven classes between Thursday and yesterday. So cl- all the classes were great. Um, as you probably have seen, we are adding more class pass people to our classes. And so it's mm-hmm. exciting because for the first time in a long time, I had a class yesterday where I didn't know a single soul. Like I didn't know a single person in there. Typically, like, our, some of our like writers, our Judy's have been like showing up, you know. Um, but then yesterday was the first time that like it was a full like set of like class pass people who I've never met before. And like, I don't know about you, but I love going into a class where you just don't know, oh no, you don't know anybody because it's an opportunity to really make a connection with somebody new. And it's so fun. I love that. Yeah, I like meeting. I mean, that's the best part about teaching and being part of a community like the handlebars you get to meet new people in your community grow so i yeah class pass is awesome i mean i was a class pass user in the past and it's just a great way to learn new studios and meet new people yeah and find new workouts Mm -hmm. 
So with, um, this is a side note, but with that, how many classes do you teach in a week? I mean, seven with it just, with just within a few days span is like the amount I teach in a full week. What's your recovery game like? What do you do? Uh, what, what do I, re- how do I recover? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> do you want the honest answer? <laughs> do you yes. This is sweating shirtless. <laughs> honest answers only. <laughs> in all honesty, after my classes, I go home. Typically, my boyfriend has made a, a, a dinner with healthy carbs, typically. Uh, last night, we had pasta with uh, some meat sauce, which was amazing. He's Italian, so this is, like, in his blood. He knows how to, like, he does an amazing job. And then I recently yeah. bought a pen, like, a vape pen to, like, smoke with. And it just, like, helps my body to just, like, huh, just yeah. relax, take long, hot showers, just, like, giving my body physically what it needs, like being horizontal as much as possible when I'm not moving around helps my recovery. Um, and then also because like I, after classes, I I know a lot of instructors face this, but like, especially after an evening class, your mind is just going, 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 going. Yeah. And so I have to find ways to like help myself to like calm down and get ready for bed. Cause sometimes I'll be teaching at 6 a.m. the next day, <laughs> or it's like, I just really need to sleep. So I find ways to, um whether it's like cbd oils or a pen or even if it's just like chilling out listening to music with a candle eating healthy drinking lots of fluids that's typically like my go-to nothing that you wouldn't be surprised about i guess um so yeah any fun tricks that you have that you like to share for recovering um well i love i'm my candle game is strong so candles always relax me I always like pop one on. Um, I do have a hypervolt now, which is a percussion gun. Mm-hmm. And especially like my quads are always been strong and, and they just get really tight. So I'll just go in with the gun for a while until it's like, I feel like a little release there. And I just started upping my bubble bath game. I'm kind of like, I am. I struggle with self care, like bubble baths, because I get really bored very quickly. I'll be in there and be like, "Okay, the bubbles are here now. Now what? What am I supposed to do?" Um, You're supposed to like, play in the bubble. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I've been playing with them. Well, there was like so much bubbles, like frothy bubble. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like hidden underneath all the bubbles. You can't yeah. even like see anything but my like head. I'm like, all right, this is fun. Make like a little snowman of bubbles. Um, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm learning to look slow down. It's Do hard for me. With your bubble baths, because I, uh, in my old apartment, I had a, like a nice big tub. Do you do like Epsom salts or anything like that? Yeah, so I have Epsom salt. I do an Epsom salt block and then this like ball, bubble bath ball that I found from Whole Foods that's like for muscle recovery. And I oh, put that no. in. Okay, I don't cool. even know if they actually do anything, but I just, it makes me feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a, there's a, if, have, you know, Lush, they do like the um, organic body soaps and bath bombs and whatnot. Um, they have one that uh, has salt in it for muscle recovery, but it also has seaweed in it, which I thought is Ooh. really cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's pretty interesting. Seaweed is like 
nature's gifts. I've read in the past that cultures that have high that have diets high in seaweed have a longer life expectancy. Mm. Good fact for the day. <laughs> yeah. So let's jump in. I want to start with where you came from and how you got into fitness. And I know that you're not from Boston, so let's talk about that. Yeah. So I am from good old Columbus, Indiana. I spent my like all through high school there and then I went to Indiana University after that so about a 45 minute drive away from Columbus but um, it's like a 40,000 student campus so it's, it's huge school a big 10 school for all of you football lovers sport lovers out there um, and so yeah there wasn't really the only exposure to fitness that I had was like your typical just gym I would say, um, like the student rec centers, they had classes as well, but there weren't really a lot of like boutique fitness type studios. Um, so there weren't really any yoga studios. There weren't really any spin studios, um, bar, whatever it is. So the Midwest, as far as I can see outside of the major cities are not really saturated with boutique fitness so then when i moved out here i was just a whole new world like little mermaid just mm -hmm. like oh my goodness give me everything um yeah. and, <laughs> you know class pass was a it was a big deal when i moved out here like my first summer as an intern and then i just fell in love with it and my um the one uh workout that i fell in love with the most was was spin so um i just loved the opportunity to dance listen to loud music and like a what might feel like a club or concert setting. So that's sort of a little yeah. bit of a background on me. And your classes are definitely, they bring the party, they bring the vibe, which is so fun. Party on a bike for sure. A party, yeah. <laughs> Extra lights included. <laughs> yeah, rave rides every Friday. Or like I did a disco ride the other day, so I brought in a disco ball. It was so fun. <laughs> that is so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, so you, um, starting into boutique fitness. So when did you decide that you wanted to become an instructor? I decided I wanted to become an instructor the summer after the summer of my internship. When it came to a close, I knew that I was offered a job back in Boston. And so I knew that at some point when I moved back that I was going to want to teach. Um, and so I hopped around from studio to studio trying to figure out what would be the right fit for me. Um, you know, I'm I'm already busy as it is with uh, my nine to five job that I didn't want to like rush into something if it didn't feel right. Like if a studio didn't feel right to me or it could have just been anything, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. and so I was, I was sort of hopping around and, and eventually ended up on, uh, landing with like handlebar. So, uh, it took some time. So after about three years, after I moved back, that's when I sort of decided, all right, let's do it. And it actually was a breakup that pushed me to the point to go ahead and, uh, seek out to audition. So. It's amazing how those big cha life changes, like breakups really can propel you into something bigger that you maybe thought of, but just didn't find time or didn't have the extra push to do. Yeah. Just like a dark time, just there's a little tunnel of light in there. 
Yeah, it, it, that's exactly what it was. It was it was a very dark time where I was like I was surrounded by darkness, but then I, there was this like little light, and then I just like ran towards it. I was just like it gave me something, yeah. to, do, something to look forward to, something to challenge myself with. Um, and it definitely, I think ultimately it helped with my me moving on <laughs> too. So. Yeah. Um, although I wanted to teach and like, it was always going to be something that I was going to do. Who would have guessed that chasing after a dream kind of helped you to push away all the bullshit that's been holding you back. So. Well, I mean, you focus on yourself, right? And you know, you don't have to focus on the other person anymore, exactly. which is awesome. And that's a great segue into your classes. It's really, you really focus on yourself and the writers focusing on themselves in the class, which stands out to me as a as a writer of your class mm -hmm. yeah well um, I, I think yeah. I want every single person that walks into the room to accept where they are in their own life accept where they are in their own body and feel freedom and feel safety and feel inclusion to walk in and get in the workout that they want to get in so definitely how, what are some things that you do when you first start, when you get the mic pack on, you open the doors for everyone to start riding their bikes. So what are some things to set up that space for them? Say that last part one more time. What are some of the things that you do to set up that inclusive space for the riders? Yeah. Um, so I think the first thing that I do, and I, I should say this is, it's very different talking about this because we're currently working in a global pandemic. So a lot of the things that I would do prior to this still apply, but in a very different sort of way. So pre-pandemic, Jared would encourage folks to just turn to their neighbor and introduce themselves. And then I would go around and introduce myself to new faces, people that I haven't really seen before, or maybe people that I have seen before, but haven't seen in a while. And I think just getting familiar with the space around you, with the people around you, I think removes a barrier for a lot of people because you're like, I don't know anyone here. This is really intimidating. And I think one thing that you and I love is the community that Handlebar fosters. And so, you know, while some people may only come once in their life, they're still part of the Handlebar family. They still at least met somebody, right? And so one thing that I try to do is make sure everybody at least knows one other person's name, even if it's just mine. Um, and then the next thing I do is I'll just go over everything, right? So typically, you know, Handlebar, we have our method and we explain the method to everyone before class. But I'll always stop and say, like, you know, I will never yell at you if you need to sit down, grab water. If you can't hit the beat at any point in time, it's okay. I'll make sure I reiterate that, you know, while this is a workout and while everything I offer is a suggestion, it's just that. And so if something's just not in the cards for you in that moment in time, that is totally fine. And you do not need to feel pressured to do it. Do what feels good to you. And so I'll, I'll mention like, so for example, if, if we're out on a run and the run is just not feeling good to you, you can always turn it up and find a hill and just push against the resistance. You know, there's always something else that you can do. So that way then you feel like you're still able to do something in that moment. And, you know, there's never a right way a wrong way it's only okay well what's next all right well this isn't working so let's jump to the next thing that does work for me um 
And then when everyone is in there and they're ready to dance and sweat and have fun, I like to pump up the room. And so uh, the energy starts to like spark up and people are like, yeah, now we're in it, you know? Um, so that's, that, uh, that's what I usually do. Um, now recently as of, um, you know, this past year and me working on myself, um, trying to become, um, or practicing anti-racism every day, practicing inclusion every day. I've also been starting some of my classes, um, and I always will end with this message too, is I'll say that, you know, fitness is for everyone without regard to age, gender, the size of your waistline. Um, ability is one thing, um, you know, the color of your skin. Uh, at that point, I will always say Black Lives Matter, um, sexual orientation, gender expression, I, I like to essentially say, hey, in this room, it takes everyone to create an inclusive space so everyone feels safe to dance, to sweat, to sing, to have fun. And then I sort of challenge everybody to, okay, let's create that space together right here, right now. And that's what we do. And so that's one thing that, uh, one new thing that I've started implementing as of uh, a month and a half ago that I've really enjoyed doing. And I know a lot of uh, writers have also really appreciated doing uh, that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's so true when you just said having the inclusive space and feeling welcomed, the ride, how, how blah, blah, blah. Um, riders that feel included and welcome are more likely to open up and really enjoy the class versus being in their head the whole time. Mm -hmm. And that's really, I mean, the secret sauce of spin is when people just kind of like get out of their heads and go balls to the wall and just like have a great time. That's my favorite part of spin. Yeah. I mean, okay. it can get crazy and we love it. You just become a completely insane person who just like the music takes yeah. over the body and you're just like out of your mind, out of your body. You're like, what is this person doing right now? <laughs> Yeah, it's so fun. You definitely like blackout within class and it's the best feeling ever. Mm -hmm. And that's like, even though we were talking about self-care, like recovering from spin, like inside of those moments or those blackout moments in spin is self-care for me because I'm like, I feel like we're all in our heads so much lately that it's a great time to get, get out of it and yeah. really just feel the moment, which is awesome. Have you ever had an experience in fitness that like really sparked you to be ever even more inclusive? Like, have you been to a class or had an experience at a, out in the world that you were, was like jarring to you that sticks in your head? <laughs> or extra positive, we, can, we don't say, have to be negative. <laughs> well, <laughs> one thing that I've noticed is that like, we have all started somewhere, right? When I first started spin, I could not hit that double time beat on those runs, right? I would, like, there were a couple classes where I, like, I would even get sick afterwards because I pushed my body a little too hard. And I just remember those moments of, like, part of me felt defeated, but also part of me was just like, okay, well, this is just part of the process. Like, it, it, it came down to I just loved the workout so much that I was just like, it, that's just like whatever that's just my body needing to catch up and needing to slow down if needed um and so i always typically remember that everyone starts somewhere and then even if you've made a lot of progress sometimes 
a global pandemic happens and you have to take five months off and then everyone's back Mm. to zero again. Right. And so I think for me, I've had moments in classes where instructors are not very empathetic or compassionate to newer writers or um, let's just say this, folks with different abilities, you know, um, I don't, I don't want to assume, you know, anything else, whether they are, have any, we'll call them isms, um, but meaning like certain prejudices that keep them from wanting to create a great class for everyone. Um, Things like if someone is not holding the beat, they'll stop the class or go over to the person and be like making them feel like this is your fault that we're not moving on or um, you need to feel the beat and like kind of calling them out in a way that's not very kind. so I've seen that I've, I've seen instructors actively make people feel embarrassed or excluded because they're not where they need to be. Um, which first of all, let me say you are exactly where you need to be in any given moment. And if someone tells you otherwise, then quite frankly, they, they should not be teaching. Uh, that's my personal opinion. So I think it's, it's certain moments like that when I realized that, you have to have spaces so people feel safe and welcoming, especially in fitness and especially in boutique fitness where it's quite homogenous. Um, and it's changing. I'm seeing it. You know, there are, there are studios that are creating more inclusive environments. There are instructors that are putting in the work, instructors like you who are putting in the work to make people feel welcome and make them feel safe. So that way then eventually, guess what? If they can't hit the beat now, or maybe they never hit the beat, they're learning to love the way their body moves in any given moment. And they're loving the environment and they themselves are starting to thrive. Even if you throw out something, they can't necessarily do it. They want the challenge. They're ready for it. Yeah. You know? So I think those were some of the experiences that I've had where instructors are actively calling people out for not being able to do something, even though it's like, you never know what their story is. So. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. I've been to classes like that in the past and it's always kind of like, it's like jarring. It's Mm -hmm. weird. It's like, are we, are we in a boot? Like, are we in the army at this point? Or I I was paying you to like teach me, like I'm the customer here. Yeah. Yeah. It is funny. It's it's weird. <laughs> we're, we're I not, mean, we're not all some, directly in sync with each other. My goodness, it's a big yeah. <laughs> I know we're not robots. I mean, to some extent, I do understand like different people are motivated motivated by different um, like styles of instruction, and I I understand that. But then, to some some degree, you don't know who's in your class and who's going to respond to that, and who's going to have like a like that could like scar someone, and they would never like return you know um i there's there's a difference between coaching and i would say directing if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so there's a difference between helping someone to get on the beat helping someone to in 
or encouraging them to turn up the wheel, maybe if their wheel hasn't been turned up and they're on a hill, you know, there, there are certain things where people just are, are uncomfortable right. generally and with the process of the, of it all. Um, but then there's directing and calling people out in front of other people in a way that's can be quite embarrassing. I mean, I've heard stories of people stopping music and being like, we're not going to start until you're on the beat. You know, it's like, <laughs> I know. I yeah. I don't like that. I wouldn't like that. Somebody out there that has done that. There's always there's always opportunity to grow and to not you know and learn from that. But like I can tell you right now that like if an instructor ever stopped the music and told me that I wasn't doing something right when I am a new writer, I would be embarrassed. I'd, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, are you kidding me? I'd be like, I'm done. Goodbye. I'd be really, I'd be really upset. I'd be pissed off for sure. Let's move on. I want to talk about body confidence and body positivity because um, I'm obsessed with it. Yes. <laughs> so the title of this um, obviously is sweating shirtless. Is there, um, and that, and that comes from, it's a derived from at least my first experience taking my shirt off in, um, and while I'm working out was like a really kind of moment where it was scary, but I just kind of whipped it off and did it. And it was kind of like an empowering moment and speaking to others that have like even writers or like maybe it's their first time doing that in my class. It's such a compliment and it's such a big moment for them. I just want to like squeeze them, even though in COVID times we can't hug. But um, I think you've told me in the past that, writers have come up and said that too, that it was their first time doing it. Yeah. 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 Um, a, a you want to throw a party for them. <laughs> well, and I'll have to be honest with you. Um, men typically don't take their shirts off in classes. Um, yeah. And so that had never been a thought in my head until a, a writer for the first time had came, came up to me last year and said, you know, your, your class was the first class that I felt comfortable taking my shirt off and, and just wearing a sports bra. Um, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, you know, my initial reaction was like, I, that's amazing. Like that, like, I want you to feel comfortable and like to be able to feel confident and in your own body. And like, that just meant so much to me, but like, it's interesting. Cause like I, as a man, I don't, I don't ever, um, I'm never put into that position. So like, I, you know, want to hear more about this um, and then hopefully walk away thinking like if, if what I'm doing is like working and people are feeling comfortable, great. But then like my hope is too, it's like, what else can I do to make folks feel more comfortable even, um, you know, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not a woman, you know, and I, you know, I, I don't necessarily feel the pressure to, Oh, have to ride work wrong. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a pressure. So it's totally no. your choice, um, and it's not expected at all. And and speaking to other instructors who have been teaching in boutique boutique fitness longer than I have, um, it's like a new thing that okay. everyone rides with. Not everyone, but. Uh, people are starting to teach and ride and just um, topless. 
So it's never expected, and it's not like you should feel one way or the other about doing it. It's totally a personal choice. Um, and like, if I don't have the right bra on, then I have to wear a shirt anyway because I can't give. That's not something they pay for. Is for my tits to come out, you know. <laughs> so sometimes I will wear. A shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to make it clear you do it's not like a like thing that you have to but for me um I don't know I just always thought it was reserved for people with six packs that could pull it off and then I don't know I just decided one day that I wanted to and I think there was a time in my life where I was really trying to achieve a the typical spin instructor, fitness instructor body. And I reserved the moment of teaching without a top on for when I finally achieved this unrealistic goal. And then there was a day that came where I said, you know, I'm not, I'm done waiting to look a certain way or waiting for something that's never going to happen to really live my life how I want to live it I'm just going to do it now and mm -hmm. that was just like a little mini protest really um of just saying screw society's expectations that I made have just made up in my mind but I'm going to actively choose to do this just because I want to do it and that's basically it um and I think that nowadays fitness um, instructors is getting, the fitness industry is slowly getting more diverse. So the more body confident, oh, hi, Griffey, came in the background. Hi, Griffey. Um, the more diverse instructors and leaders that we have in this space, the more it's going to improve and people are going to be feel more confident. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I spoke with someone else on another episode um that will come up come out another time and she's not a fitness instructor but and she doesn't work out without a shirt on but she feels like if she were to go to a group fitness class and the instructor looked more like her then she would be more likely to dress like that instructor which makes total sense yeah i think everyone wants to see a leader in their space that looks like them because it, it's makes it more it makes you feel like you could do it too if they look like you no matter what that your age your waistband size the color of your skin whatever it may be yeah i think across the board not even in fitness like we need more diversity in our leadership positions in the world mm -hmm. yeah down with the patriarchy as i like to say um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I two two reactions to what you just said, and like I mean, I don't think we can thank you enough, Mayor, for pulling this sweating shirtless together. I think um, you said it's almost like your mini protest, right? And that reminded me of one of Madonna's best quotes that I always like to say in class, which is, um, "She wouldn't be where she is if it weren't if she didn't have so many things to protest against." right so if you yeah. think about it it's like woman sexuality that is madonna like she owns mm -hmm. that and she is unapologetic about it 
I mean, if you haven't seen her YouTube videos of her performing uh, Like a Virgin on stage back in the 80s, you've got to watch it. I won't go into details of what happens, but like she owns her sexuality and owns women's sexuality. And it's just like expressing herself the way she wants to express herself, right? Um, and it's And I love that quote because it's like, if you see a wrong, protest against it with by doing it yourself, like um, proving that it's wrong um, by just going ahead and not waiting, just like doing it. Like, so for her, it was like, you know, not shying away from female like sexuality because it was sort of like taboo and you don't talk about it. She's like, well, no, I am gonna talk about it and then I'm gonna perform to it and I'm not gonna apologize for it. And slowly a revolution occurs, right? And I think this is mm -hmm. this is exactly what I think you are doing right here is, you know, tackling body confidence head on with your own acts of protest that people are starting to follow and protest with you and engaging you on. And so I think that's what a leader does. And so I, you know, you are a leader when it comes to a lot of these things. So you should definitely be proud of yourself for that. Thank you. Terry. I'm proud That's of you. So I'm proud of you. your friend, colleague. Inspiration to me. That's so kind. <laughs> well, I mean, it it came from just wanting to have these conversations. I mean, everyone has a different point of view, and everyone has something to say and to contribute to the conversation. I mean, I never thought that it would just be me talking to the camera for. 30, 45 minutes. I don't have that. I don't have that much to say, but other people do. So why not make a series about it? That's kind of how yeah. I started. And it started from our candid conversations about it, which is, um, you know, they are important conversations to have. And I wanted, I wish that I had something like this when I was starting out wanting to be in the fitness industry and wanting to be a fitness instructor, because I just, Again, going back to that feeling of I wasn't going to be good enough until I looked like it. Um, and that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. like, that feeling of I'll never be good enough unless I'm like that. Because I've been in that too. It, it's pretty damaging um, on, your, on, your, on your soul, on your heart, you know, on your mind. Um, and then I found freeing yourself through your own acts of protest, because I've had my own acts of protests. It's like you're breaking away from certain chains that are holding you back from living your life. Um, so I, a lot of this definitely is, you know, resonating well with me. So, um, and I'm sure many others, and you're right, we wish we could have had this sooner, but hey, look at you trailblazing and offering this. <laughs> So, and you did say one thing earlier, which is um, when you see more folks in the fitness industry that look like you, you're going to want to um, like go to the classes and feel more comfortable um, and feel included and safe. And then I would even go as far further to say, especially in boutique fitness where it is largely homogenous white women who are fully abled, primarily thin. Um, anyone that's different 
people will flock to and feel safe with, I think. Because they are themselves, whether they agree with it or not, if a particular fitness space or style of workout is like the the clients and the instructors and the studios, whatever it is, are homogenous, but then they they sort of break into that space that is somewhat an act of protest. It's it's whether or not you want to call it an act of protest, but it's saying, hey, this is, you know, you don't need to look like the what you see or hear about. Like everyone is welcome to do this, and it's fun, and it is for everyone. And so it's taking that and being confident. So if I would say for anyone out there that feels like they don't look like an instructor, but they want to be one, you can be one. You know, there's not one body type. There's not one skin tone. There's not one sexual orientation. There's not one, you don't have to be fully able to do everything to be an instructor. You have to have the drive. You have to have the passion for it. You have to want to create an experience that is welcoming and inclusive for everyone. So like you've said, you don't have to have a certain look to you. You just have got to want to pour your heart and soul into it. Yeah. Passion is the most important. And if you don't look like a typical instructor, we need you. So please. The fitness industry needs you. We want you. We want you. <laughs> we want you. <laughs> oh, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Like technical skills can be learned, but uniqueness and passion can't be taught. You know, we need we need to diversify things up, and it'll make things more interesting. And then I'll blaze the path for other people that are like you down the line. Yeah. And then I would even say, like, and this is something that I'm trying to come to terms with, is that um, try other workouts, too. (laughs) I mean, this is something that I look up to you for because you are someone that's like, oh, I've been to that studio, this studio, I've tried that workout, that workout, and you're just, like, all over the map and just enjoying all different kinds of spaces. And I'm sure you're learning so much about how to create a certain space just because you've been to – a lot of them so um you know even yeah. trying fitness spaces that maybe are black owned you know or um mm-hmm. you know something else that's like not 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 the typical white female owned places or male owned spaces like gyms um pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to go to other places that maybe is not exactly um, dominated by people that look like you. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that look like me, so I'm white and blonde, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that unique, unfortunately, but that's okay. Um, But yeah, next on my list is this, um, it's called Trail Fit in Boston. I don't know if you've heard of it, Mm -hmm. but I need to go. I need to go. Well, so my thing is like, I can dance on a bike, but when it's when it's about dancing on the ground, my two feet, like I'm not as definitely out of my comfort zone. I'm not a great dancer, despite the years of dance classes my parents put me through. Thank you, mom and dad. (laughs) Um, Still have two left feet. But I think it's a little bit of like, I still, you get more confidence when you know the steps 
really well. Like, I know how to spin really well, so I can be really confident and put my own spice on it on the bike. Um, mm-hmm. So when it comes to dancing, like, I don't know it very well. So I'm like, movement, I'm not going to like take up as much space because I don't know like how to move the right way. So, yeah. I mean, the more I do it, the better I look at, obviously. Yeah. We um, should go to Sofa together. I think it would be. Uh, That'd be fun. I would, I would love to get like a group of like either writers and, and or instructors to like go and just like even do like a little private session. But um, one thing, have you heard of Trilfit's Pledge? Talk no, about a studio that's like leading the way. So Trilfit is um, uh, a black woman owned business. And the Trilfit's mm-hmm. Pledge is um, like you can either be a client, a studio, an instructor, whomever, but they are pushing this pledge all across the country. Um, a, it's a join Trilfit's Pledge for racial justice, anti-racism, and equality in the wellness industry as an organization. And so they have like a list of um, pledges that you personally will make and that you will stick to. Um, there's quite a bit of them, there's six of them, and it gives you like different bullets of like how to work on each of them. But it's something that I would encourage viewers to go check out. Um, and if you're ready for it, sign up for the pledge. I've signed up for the pledge and I'm working on fulfilling those myself. But, you know, talk about a, a, a space that's like unique and like new that we're gonna go try out, right? And then they're also doing something that's like, they are like really hitting the ground running and leading by example on inclusion, anti-racism, justice. I mean, they are just, they're going at it and it's great. And I know that our um, studio handlebar has uh, officially signed the pledge as well. I'll have to, well, what I'll do is I'll link that in the show description so people can check it out easily. after after this after after we record um that's awesome thanks for bringing that up that's, i'll definitely check that out i don't know yeah. why i haven't seen that before it's floating around something new. <laughs> yeah maybe i have and i forgot but yes i need to go maybe we could do like a instructor like a employee we need like we're overdue for a little employee like ice breaking like whatever it's called mm-hmm. outing yeah. And they're doing them at socially distance, so that could be cool. Something to bring up. Mm-hmm. Fun. So fun. So fun. Well, good. Is there anything else that while we're here that you wanted to touch on or chat about? Yeah. So I think we were touching on the creating a space like how we as instructors create spaces for everyone to sort of embrace vulnerability to be to not necessarily tell them to be confident in their own body but creating a space that allows them to be confident in their own body i think i think that that is a difference but um i think one one thing that we've talked about is while we're teaching what is it that we do and it could be anything that makes people kind of let loose and have fun. Cause I think at the end of the day, everyone just wants to have fun at these workouts. I think that's what draws people in, right? Um, yeah. And so that was one thing. And, and that ties directly into body confidence, really. I mean, um, so 
uh, I was just like, I, w I wanted to hear from you because I learned so much from you. Like, what are some of like the, other than the, I've coined as the Meridoti scream, which <laughs> pops out on occasion, I hear, but I live for it. Like, what are some things that you just like, your go-to, like go wild moments that you think really help? Um, when you look back at it, you're like, wow, that really got the party going or like, and then you stuck to it. Um, or it could be anything, any any sort of direction you want to take that question in, but like, yeah. How to get people like out of their heads and and just like go boss the wall. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it starts from me. So if I'm in one one day, like everyone else is going to be in one because as an instructor, like the energy you could you could play like classical music, but if you're like so into it, like your energy is going to be infectious, and that's something that. I keep going back to sometimes I forget how vitally important that can be. So that's as a side note, as an instructor, it's a huge part of being an instructor is putting whatever shit you got going on outside of that, those 45 minutes or whatever that is for your teaching. You really have to put it aside and like just be in the moment because like sometimes I'll catch myself like, I don't know, thinking about other stuff during class and I really have to like really refocus and stay in the moment because um, it, it detracts from the entire experience. I don't know if you ever experienced that or you're, do you ever do that? Is it just me? No, I like do that. Start so. thinking about other shit. Okay, yeah. good. I'm like, oh, good thing it's not just me. But yeah, so it's so much about what you bring to the table as an instructor and a lot of that is song choices. A lot of it's so important to put music in there that really fires you up and pumps you up, whatever that may be. Um, but I also like to kind of have ebb and flows within my uh, my playlist, so it's not all like hype, hype, hype every single second. I also like to get a little bit moody, like have a little bit more of an athletic ride at, at points. Um, but then, like, I need like some sort of like knives in the microwave blender beat drop on a run at some point in there like i want my ears to bleed a little bit and that gets me going mm -hmm. but it's just about being authentically yourself and as, as be as let your inner freak flag out and fly and bring out your inner badass and the, your your um, riders will follow but it's also about like i give we already talked about this like i give modifications like if people are struggling on the flat road, I'd rather them rock out to a road of uh, a hill than try to hold a flat road and be miserable for however long it may be. Um, so I give those those modifications during class, especially now that we've all are been out of been consistently spinning for a while and are getting back into it. I think like my butt hurt for like two weeks when I first started spinning, like after quarantine, when I was trying to get back into shape to teach. I was like, I can't even sit down on this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the, um, and this is like maybe a, a, like a bit of advice for anyone that's like, oh, I should definitely try out spinning or like, oh, like I, I, I haven't done it in a while. Get yourself a bike seat pad for these classes. Like I have one and I'm like um, not- Just tough it out, time. just tough it out. Like, what? Did just you say it out. I don't believe. I don't no, believe in bike seat pads. It's like sitting on gel. I'm like, ah, oh, this is nice. 
I just, what I did was I would like, well, the first class I had, or the first um, time I had back on the bike when we were getting out of um, strict, super strict quarantine and started like riding to get back into shape, I like went all to the wall with like a full 60 minute playlist and like crazy, like, <laughs> I like got through it. But then the next day or even like that night, I was like, oh shit, like this is not what I was expecting. Like I'm back to square one. So the next couple rides, like I did all hills and I didn't sit down, like no flat roads, like just hill pushes and stuff because the saddle hurts. But what I would say, yeah, you can get gel cushion if you're like Jared, but you got to give yourself like five classes to like really get into it and get your butt used to it. But, yeah, the, um, yeah, that's what I would say. The letting your inner freak flag fly, I love that. Because mm-hmm. Mary, you've got it a freak inside of you and when i i know when it when you've let that out in class like i can't help it but then all of a sudden my freak just wants to hop out and join your freak and then all of a sudden it's a freaking party and it's just it's just going crazy yes i love that i love when yeah Yeah, when i get texts after class they're like mary you're this bitch is out of control i'm like yeah i was (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really was and those are like the moments where you um, out as an instructor. You're like, did I do that? Are you sure? Was that me? That's the blackout <laughs> moments. That's those like <laughs> the nails, the um, the knife in the blender microwave moment songs. That's when I really like let loose. All right, Jared, thank you so much for joining Sweating Shirtless. I really appreciate your time and your thoughts and your energy always, but especially right now for joining. Oh, thank you for having me. And I can't wait to watch the whole series. Yes. Um, so where can um, our listeners find you? What's your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is Jared with two R's, zero Myers, M-Y-E-R-S. You can also go to the Handlebars page. You'll find it. Um, I'm sure you might link it or something. I don't know. Yep. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm out yep. there. <laughs> Find it in the description of either wherever you're watching or listening to this. And while you're there, be sure to like and subscribe to stay up to date and to support your girl. Appreciate you. Bye, Darren. Bye. Thanks for joining. Okay, fam, that is it for this week's episode. I truly appreciate you tuning in, listening. Your thoughtful DMs and messages mean the world to me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Sweating Shirtless wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find Sweating Shirtless on YouTube by searching Sweating Shirtless. While you're there, please be sure to throw us a like and a subscribe. Lastly, you can find me on the gram at mayor underscore Dodie. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Thank you.